Slate's Downton Abbey spoiler special is sponsored by HBO and the new documentary series, The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. Four decades, three murders, and one very rich man who refused to speak until now. The Jinx airs Sundays at 8, only on HBO. Slate Plus members get early access to our Downton Abbey spoiler specials this season, immediately following the broadcast on PBS. If you're not a Slate Plus member and you want early access, sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash spoiler plus. Hello and welcome. This is a Slate Plus spoiler special for Season 5, Episode 8 of Downton Abbey. I'm June Thomas and I'm here in the New York studio with Seth Stevenson. Mr. Stevenson, how are you? I'm well. Hello, Ephraim. <laughs> Ephraim, <laughs> as you know, is the real name of Atticus Aldridge. Less, alliter- less alliterative. Yes. So they not only did they change their last name, mm. but they gave their son a Jewy first name that he ignores in favor of Atticus You know, he has to get along, and he didn't hide his Judaism from Rose. I think we should not be too hard on Ephraim. No, he was very upfront, and Rose is excellent about it. She would have gone to a synagogue. She wanted to. Yeah, and, you know, and there was a lot of, well, let's get right into this. So we had this marriage. We did. This interfaith ceremony. I understand that you also are a product of an interfaith marriage, Seth. As you know, June, I am a half (laughs) and so I empathize greatly with the future children of Rose and Atticus, and I would like to say to all parties, being a half is wonderful. (laughs) You get to celebrate all the fantastic Jewish holidays, of which the Seder, Passover, is my favorite. You get to celebrate Christian holidays. (laughs) Also, Christmas is fun to be a part of, as you know, June. I do being a Christ lover. Uh-huh. And uh, so there's nothing wrong with being a housey. And, you know, I get... The Although cons- you have the, if you like, maybe this is not quite the right word, but the better arrangement since your mother is Jewish. Well, I get to claim matrilineal mm-hmm. Judaism, which means that if it's important to someone that I right. be a Jew, right. say some future uh, wife of mine, it's important <laughs> to her. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is not how I live my life. But right. if it were important to somebody that I were Jew, I am, in fact, a Jew by right. Jewish custom. Right. And so I satisfy, I tick the boxes. Right. And that will not be true of. for the progeny of Rose and Atticus. To be fair to Lord Cinderby, what a brutal face he has at all times. But a lovely voice. Lovely, resonant voice. Mm. But I think now of Lord Cinderby face is how <laughs> I think of people with just that dour, mm. just ate a gherkin kind of face. Mm. You know, he has a point. Assimilation is a real thing. Yep. Lots of American Jews become concerned as there's intermarriage, that Jews are losing, you know, the hardcore aspects of Judaism. I have my own feelings about this. <laughs> but I get where the concerns are coming from. But... I have very few concerns about this marriage totally. on that front. They yes. seem to be rowing in the same direction, as they say. I agree. It seems like a very, I think we've said many times of many couples in this season, they are really well suited. I think they'll be very happy. They're both nice people. And what's more, his family is rich. And so that's <laughs> going to be hurts. Great. Her family doesn't have two pennies to rub together, but his family is rich. And as long as we're talking about, you know, a man in possession of a great fortune mm. and so forth and all the Jane Austen parallels. But here I sort of see Rose and Atticus as being the Jane and Bingley of Downton mm. Abbey. They're both so optimistic and bright and never a concern and right. want everyone to be harmonious and not rock the boat and always smiling. 
Whereas Mary, and if she ends up with Mr. Blake, they might be more akin to sort of the Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy, a little bit more sarcastic, mm. a little bit more biting in the way they relate to each other, a little bit less sunshine and daisies all the time. Right. right. It is devoutly to be wished then, I suppose. I was just so glad to see that marriage be finalized because there were so many attempts to throw hurdles before them that I'm glad everything was just vaulted and all the mean people got their comeuppance. And it really came down to Rose's mother, Susan, who I admire Lord Fellow's willingness to make people just pure, coal black evil. Cold. What a terrible woman at every turn. Lady Susan, you mean? Lady Susan. It's all about her. And even after she's lost, she says, oh, am I just to be a good loser. And of course, yeah. the Dowager Countess sticks in the shiv, which we all wanted to happen. We did. It's too late. It's far too late for that to be a good loser. So, Well, speaking of happy occasions, Seth, I really feel somewhat glad to see Lord Grantham actually kind of have some nice moments. He's still a jerk. He's still an idiot. But he made some good decisions for once this right. Week. He did the right thing mm-hmm. in two circumstances. Yes. He, in the process of unveiling the World War I memorial, he put up a special plaque for Mrs. Patmore's relation. Her nephew, Archie. Her nephew, Archie, who had suffered. He had... He had shell shock. And shell he, shock, they called it then. Yeah, PTSD, yeah. or right. we might call it now. And uh, that was the right thing to do, and he handled that gracefully. Yeah. And the penny dropped when it came to little Marigold. Yes. And I had noted previously... Her resemblance to Mr. Gregson, in mm. fact, that was very canny casting mm-hmm. on the part of Downton Abbey to choose a small girl who somehow looked like that, <laughs> that wrinkled man <laughs> who played Mr. Gregson. But she really did kind of have the same shaped face as him. I'd noticed that earlier. And, and Edith's I, hair. And noted it. Yes. She looks like the genetic pairing mm-hmm. of Mr. Gregson and Edith. So the penny dropped for Lord Grantham mm-hmm. and he handled it quite well. He both said that he could come to love her, that is to say Marigold, which was really quite sweet. And he also took some pleasure in being privy to a secret. Yes, which, at last. For once. <laughs> at last, he was the one in the house in the know. Now, that being said, mm. still am not completely fond of Lord Grantham. There he was standing up at the memorial wearing his ridiculous military garb. Mm. He didn't. Well, he did serve in the Boer War bravely. No. Bravely, and what I don't know, I'm not sure about that. With cause. his Batman, yeah. Mr. Bates. But there he was wearing his full regalia and carrying his ridiculous little wood baton. His like shooting some, stick. Like some sort of martinet at the memorial. And you know, I have to say, I think so poorly of Lord Grantham that when we first cut to the scene of them unveiling this grand monument, I thought it might be for ISIS. <laughs> I thought it might have been the headstone that he'd chosen for right. ISIS, this 35-foot-tall granite monument to his dog. I really thought he might be capable of that. Said, uh, that I, that's a lovely thought. ISIS will have to settle for dying and being a martyr who inspires the movement of the Islamic Caliphate. <laughs> exactly. Now, I was very moved in that scene because when I was a wee girl, so in the post-war period, just to be clear on that, I had a teacher. Which war, you? <laughs> the Boer War? I had a teacher in elementary school who had lost her husband in the Second World War. She was an older lady. And she always made us recite and actually learn that poem by Lawrence Binion, For the Fallen, that Mr. Carson was reading at the dedication of the memorial. So I, I did feel quite a lump in my throat, not only for the fallen, but also for Mrs. Bowker, who made us recite that poem every year. Would you like to recite it by reference? I will just now? say 
that they shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. Beautiful and moving recitation. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And the other thing that I didn't like about Lord Grantham, not Mm. I didn't mean to move on quickly. No, no, of course. We had a moment. Dramatic reading. No. I should have given that more space. But the other thing that bothered me about Lord Grantham is, okay, he handled the Marigold situation well when he realized that. Uh But when Cora asked him, do you think you could love her? He said something to the effect of, to my surprise, I think I will love her. What? Well, she's supp- still a it's bastard. Your, it's your granddaughter who your daughter gave birth to with loves, and you're like, well, surprisingly, I think I might be able to find it within myself to give her a little bit of affection. It's stipulated. However, there is no doubt that this man is A, severely flawed, B, a prig, C, very much a man of his times. And so the fact that she was born... Uh, on the wrong side of the blanket could indeed have been a, a hurdle for him to really embrace little Marigold. But you know what? With that name, it's such a cute name that there's no way that anybody could resist her. I, I love think. all flower names. Yeah, right? Even the name Fleur, oddly enough, is quite compelling. Excellent point. So let's pause the Downton Abbey spoiler special for a moment uh, because we have a sponsor. We're sponsored by The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, the new documentary series from HBO. For decades, three murders and one very rich man who refused to speak until now. The Jinx airs Sundays at 8 on HBO. The Jinx is filmmaker Andrew Jarecki's six-part examination of Robert Durst, the reclusive millionaire at the heart of three murders. It exposes long-buried information discovered during their seven-year investigation of a series of unsolved crimes. It was made with the cooperation of Durst, who has consistently maintained his innocence and remains a free man today. The jinx comes from Andrew Jarecki and Mark Smerling, the Oscar nominees behind Capturing the Freedmans. Durst came to know Jarecki after the release of his feature film, All Good Things, a fictional account of Durst's life, starring Ryan Gosling and Kristen Dunst. So, The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, airs Sundays at 8, only on HBO. Now, as we've had some discussion of, Lord Grantham getting a little bit of uh, reconciliation or being a little bit less of his usual douchiness, but also Thomas got one of his opportunities to be a better man than he usually is shown to be. Once again, as in every bloody series, it seems, we had a little adventure with a temporary maid. In this case, it was Sue Johnson as Miss... Denker. Denker. It's such a weird name. I could, I could never bring myself to say it. Who, it turned out, was quite the importuna of young men to get them to earn money for a nasty... What's the word for men like that? He was a dupe. He was a patsy. Right. But she was taking advantage of the patsies for, for a moment back, let's just say. I can't remember the name for chaps like uh, the guy in the bar. But uh, Thomas took pity on the new footman, who I don't even know if he has a name, in fact. I just call him that unfortunate chap from Bayswater. <laughs> right. That's how I think of him. Right, who's hoping to be a footman, and, well, we'll see. And he went back for more. Okay, fool me once. He was her creature, sir. Apparently he was her creature. Do you think he's going to be Thomas's creature? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I think Thomas just, when he was taken advantage of, he felt it so, it's happened to him several times, and he felt it. He hates to be taken for a mug. And so I think he truly was just helping this young chap not be taken for a mug. We rarely see Thomas do things solely out of the goodness of his heart. And so I kept looking for the ulterior motive. There must be some other reason here. Why does he resent Denker so much? Why is he taking an interest in this lad? Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe he really did just do it because he felt it was right. It's it's for muggy I think. 
So good on Thomas, Mr. Barrow. And then, well, okay, another thing that happened. Do we have anything to say about poor Anna being arrested? I hope she's convicted and hung by the neck until dead. <laughs> no, I hate to say that about Anna, about Mrs. Bates. I like Anna. I have nothing against her. But just the whole plot line again. Again. I mean, I... <sighs> it's just so tiresome. If there's like... I feel like every show should have... You know how you once in your life you can throw fire in rock, paper, scissors? Just once in your life you can do it. Is that and true? I think yeah, absolutely. I'm throwing mine tomorrow. <laughs> no, hold on to it. And I think everyone should have one opportunity to have an influence in a show that you watch and that you care for. And if there was just one thing that I could do for Dynasty, it would be let's just pretend that the whole Mr. Bates episode never happened. Let's just pretend he was never a character in the show. Let's just replace it with more of the sort of ladies gathered looking at each other wearing dresses that <laughs> happened at the beginning of the episode and saying, does this look a bit mumsy to you? <laughs> I would prefer watching like 45 minutes of that Absolutely. to any more. question the hat of- on. Oh, Seth, you look so good in that hat. It you don't really- think it looks a bit mumsy? Not at all. Does that apply to any show? Do you get to do that about one show in your entire life that you can just reach in and change something? Or is it any show that you care about, you get one change to make? Yeah, let's make the rule now. Let's say we can have five changes in our entire life. (laughs) One of mine would be for Terriers, which is a show which is no longer even on. But I would just go in and retroactively change something about the 13 episodes that exist. I hope it was to give that guy a haircut because you know how I feel about that guy's hair. The one who tweeted us one time, do you remember? Donald Logue. Yeah. I'm a Logue completist. I'm a Logue lover. (laughs) Well, so we've got one episode left in this run, June, and it is, of course... The Christmas episode. The biggie. The Christmas episode for Christ lovers everywhere and and for half of people like me. (laughs) The Christmas episode, a big deal. Let's look forward. What is going to happen? How are we going to resolve the Michigas that has been Mm. season five of Mm. Downton Abbey? Well, I mean, poor Daisy, poor Mrs. Patmore. Mrs. Patmore was reduced to tears, knowing that it was time to let go of Daisy for her own sort of self-actualization, but it was still going to be a great sadness. And then maybe because of the war memorial and seeing that her dear, loving William, who she just married to kind of make him feel a bit better, was there. Daisy decided, after all, to stay in Downton. So that felt like maybe it was a little bit of presentiment or foreshadowing or something about Branson. Will Branson really leave? Will he take young Sibby? Will he take her to play Pooh Sticks in Boston? You can't do that on the Charles. I'm not even sure what Pooh Sticks is, but I would very much like to know. What's Can the... I throw fire once in my life when it comes to Pooh Sticks? What it... I'm sure. Yeah, light it on fire. It, Pooh Sticks is the game that uh, Branson was, was oh. playing with little Sibby on the bridge. Of course. You in could, another episode. You could play that on the Charles on the, yeah. on the Memorial Drive Bridge. Sure. There won't on, be on young Southies bridge, I mean. like lighting them on fire underneath or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Question, will they live in Southie in the Triple Decker? Will they be out in like Dedham? It's hard to say where they'll end up. Mm. I feel Daisy should go. Daisy yeah. should. She's like been at the bottom of a, was it, did she say cornhole? She's at the bottom of some kind of hole and somebody took the lid off of it. And she was suddenly, hole. that seems yes. much more appropriate. <laughs> and someone took the lid off the top and she yeah. was, and the light shined in yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah. her world expanded. Yeah. It was kind of like flowers for Algernon with Daisy, I felt like. Like suddenly she realized all of these, her intellect and everything right. was, was swirling around her. And mm-hmm. why deny that for her and live in a little, you know, I feel like she had her eyes on the prize and she wanted something bigger in her life. And I say, go off and do that. But I feel differently with Branson. Mm. I mean, sure, he could go to Boston. It could be wonderful for for he and Sibby. But 
Branson really has been the peacemaker. For all of his firebrand, radical politics, yeah. and I'm a rabble rouser, mm. he has been a peacemaker yes. within the manner. He has often been the person who diffuses situations of all kinds among all parties. Mm. It would be a terrible blow to the House if he left. And in fact, I think a terrible blow to the series if he left because he's a good character for exploring some of these things and for resolving some of these arguments. And, and I respect him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I went to a... Uh, a thing for the imitation game, an event. And it was a huge array of stars that were sort of arrayed on the stage, you know, from people from Game of Thrones to Sherlock himself. It just it seemed like everybody was there. Or your friend Elizabeth Bennett was there. Kira Knightley was at this gathering. And he was there because he was in the movie. And he made an untoward comment about the show. He said, he? somebody said, you can't gild a turd. And he said, no, but you can roll it in glitter. And then he said, oh, I'm going to be killed off now, (laughs) which was funny, of course. But it suggested to me that he had expectations of being in it if Lord Fellows didn't hear tell of his untoward story. Excellent deduction. Yeah. So... He that's doesn't have a lot to do, I will say, on the show. He kind of just but stands nobody around. Does. I guess that's true. They're not and people don't have that much to do. People don't have grand scenes to play very often. Yeah. He has very little to do, but he manages to be likable. Yeah. He sort of grounds the scenes that he's in. And it's great to see him as one of the girls, you know, when it was Edith and Mary and Branson and Rose. Oh, yeah. I kind of do enjoy the, the incredible bitchiness of yes. Mary at times. She says, why don't we the four of us get lunch? Even you, Edith. <laughs> <laughs> Shrimps, I can't wait for the final, and I think it's going to be even you and I will have something good to say in it. I hope you're right. As Lord Cinderby said, let us go forward in hope. Amen. Until then, Shrimpy. Until then, Donks. Donks.